0: It's like cooking was 20 years ago when we all had to have our cuisine art. We had to have our KitchenAids. We had to have all the fancy whisks and copper bowls. That's what gardening is becoming now. It's becoming kind of an art form. Martha Stewart. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm
1: Bill Thompson. Well, in most of the U.S., warm spring weather is here, and that's inspiring many of us to get out and work in the garden. And that reminded me that in the late fall of 1991, I had the first of several interviews I've done with Martha Stewart, master of all things domestic, including gardening. Now, people often ask me when they find out I've interviewed her if Martha Stewart was ever rude or condescending or otherwise difficult to me, and I have to say no. Each time I met her, she was very kind and very pleasant to me. Now, one other thing you need to know about this interview you're about to hear. It's all about gardening. It would be many years before Martha Stewart's legal troubles and her prison stay came up, so that topic never even came up in this interview. So here now, from 1991,
2: Martha Stewart you kept a diary of your own experience.
0: Yes. Over, over four years, I kept a journal uh, with day-by-day day, um, uh, insertions about the temperature, about what I did, the kinds of things I planted, how they were doing. And, um, and that's how I, um, I, I compiled this journal into a yearly format. And that's what this book is based on. Plus, uh, an awful lot of information, how-to information about how to plant.
2: You know, the first thing I would have thought of, though, when I was opening this, was on the back of those seed packets, they have those handy little colored charts that show if you're in this region, you plant this. And blah, blah, blah. if if you're showing us month by month in your region, is that necessarily going to apply where we are?
0: Well, if you're in uh, two zones south of my, of uh, Connecticut, you can just start a month earlier. Hmm. You know, you, you'll figure it out. It's not very hard to. It's not very hard to see. Yeah, gardening and, is not brain surgery, is it? No, it's not. It's not. It's. It's dealing with nature. It's dealing with uh, something that's fickle and something that's fun, and you're not going to have uh, too much trouble um, if you follow the basic uh, tenets of gardening. Good soil, good preparation, uh, following the um, instructions on those seed packets, and uh, planting in a, a neat and clean way. It's not
2: quite as simple as just taking a, she- a seed and shoving it in the ground and praying, no, just is it? just
0: shoving in the rock-hard rock hard ground without preparing that <laughs> soil, you have less of a chance of something successful than if you prepared that soil nicely and gave it a little bit of food and nourishment and water. It's really like raising an animal or a child. Growing something.
2: If you've only got a limited space with which to work, is uh, how do
0: you go about deciding what best to plant? Uh, well, one thing you can do is um, talk to your local agricultural uh, um, directory, uh, sort of like a college that teaches archi- uh, agriculture, or um, if you want to talk to the, uh, we call it a. Um, In Connecticut, we call it the um, extension, the garden extension or the Mm -hmm. agricultural extension. And uh, you can find out what really does grow well in your area. You can go and peek over your neighbor's fences and see what they have growing. And you can go to the garden centers and see what's available for planting. And then once you get those basic things down, then you can start experimenting and trying to grow things that aren't, aren't necessarily native to your area.
2: But if you're bound to determine, if your heart is set on tomatoes... Uh, or peppers or whatever it is you had in mind
0: it may you may have to it may, it may take a bit of work to, to get it. Oh, sure. Um, if you have the wrong kind of soil for tomatoes, uh, you may have to uh, change the soil. You may have to grow the tomatoes in pots and tubs mm-hmm. uh, with their correct nourishment. And you can. You can grow anything, anywhere, as the uh, 21st century farmers, as I call them, are showing us. You can grow things just in water. You can grow things just in air. And uh, go to Epcot Center. They have a very fascinating exhibit there of uh, plants that are growing in air for the most part. The roots are bare to the air, and every uh, few minutes or so, they're passed through a very rich water solution, which gives them nourishment. So uh, those are all techniques that I think are going, we're going to see more and more of um, because of um, the way farming is, um, is going. But uh, if you want perfect vegetables and perfect fruits um, with all the infestation that we're experiencing um, and without too many pesticides, you can do things in controlled circumstances. It
2: takes a, a lot of ingenuity
0: sometimes. It does, and it's very scientific um, when you get into that kind of gardening. Backyard gardening is still a rather nice hobby, an economical hobby, and a very rewarding hobby.
2: And you will get your hands dirty.
0: And to get your hands dirty is the fun of it.
2: <laughs> there is something, there's something very basic about uh, humanness that we must have this contact with Mother
0: Earth. Well, it's nice to know that people want that contact. Many people find themselves, you know, with dirty hands. Their mothers have told them their whole lives, don't get your hands dirty, keep your clothes clean, don't do this, don't do that. And they uh, have a hesitation to garden. But I think once you experience the joy of growing something, of nurturing a little seed into something like a great big 500-pound pumpkin, then you really uh, are hooked in gardening. And you can become a very fine gardener.
2: I was amazed with speaking of, of humongous plants, the, the, the arm-length leeks that you had grown... Weren't
0: they beautiful? Holy Now, mackerel. those were grown from seeds that were given to me by some Japanese. Mm. And uh, in Japan, uh, leeks like that are common in the marketplace. All the leeks are long and white like that. And when I planted those seeds, I had no idea that I would really get leeks as beautiful as they were. But... They were perfect. Now, are you surprised sometimes at the results that you get? Oh, absolutely. I'm so thrilled at the results. Well, this year was a great tomato year. We had, I must have grown um, something like 35 different varieties of tomatoes. But I got those beefsteak tomatoes that are two pounds each. I got better boys that were perfectly round and deep red. I got big boys. I got better girls. Uh, there are all these great names now for tomatoes. you got to stop
2: saying all this to somebody who hasn't had lunch yet. <laughs> oh I'm starting to get hungry. Would you love a
0: wonderful tomato sandwich on toasted sourdough bread with some nice arugula and basil? And Let's talk about fertilizer mayonnaise.
2: here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, fall is my favorite season. I don't know why. I've always loved fall. And I was thumbing through the the, the, the fall pages, and I noticed, and this all oh, this brought back memories of seeing these these wrinkled, dried up old plants. And you look on the back, and sure enough. There's one more pepper hanging there. Sure. Oh, there's another tomato.
0: Or you dig a little bit. There's carrots in there. We forgot about them. Oh, I still have great carrots in my garden. Here in December, I'm still digging carrots. I'm digging parsnips. Uh, picking brussels sprouts uh what else do i have oh some uh, radicchio which is sprouting red right now it grows green all summer and then with the advent of cold weather it sprouts that nice dark red leaf and uh and if you have cold frames you can prolong the growing season it's really easy to be growing salad almost all winter long in a cold frame
2: You know, as we get closer to Christmas time, most people think, you know, poinsettias and mistletoe and all these other kind of Christmassy plants, but you tend to forget what's out in the garden, what may be be lingering there
0: that you forgot about. Oh, yeah, and and if you plan your garden well, and that's what my book is all about, is planning from the beginning of the year all the way through the end of the year so that you do have things growing at all times, that you can harvest all year round, and that you can also uh, use the indoors as a place to garden.
1: After this short break, Martha Stewart explains how you don't have to be Martha Stewart to garden like Martha Stewart.
2: Now, back to my 1991 interview with Martha Stewart. Some people make it an inadequacy complex, and they see, they open up these gorgeous pictures. You know, your immense garden, and you come inside, and you have baskets and bowls and jars and all this kind of stuff. And most people have, you know, a couple things left over from the Tupperware party 10 years ago. They maybe have an old coffee can somewhere and a postage stamp out in the backyard that they call the garden.
0: Well, that postage stamp can be a lot of fun. And uh, I started with a tiny little garden. At my sister-in-law's place, uh, because we didn't have a place of our own. When we got our own garden, then I started to experiment and to grow my own kinds of things. And then when I moved to Westport, Connecticut uh, about 20 years ago, on which this gardening book is based, that is now a six-acre garden. It grew from two acres to six acres. And, um, and I've had a wonderful time learning and, uh, and growing. One is tempted to ask, where do you find time
2: to tend to a six-acre garden?
0: Well, it's my life. Remember, I I work in the garden. I work at home, and uh, the garden is part of my environment. And it is also my garden. Gardening is my passion. I love gardening, so um, it is very important to me that I grow a garden that's prolific and productive.
2: Now, is there a difference between, you know, there's a number of gardening books out there, and then the bookstores will all put them together. Oh, it must be gardening, and put them all together. But you're talking about a different kind of gardening than the, than the decorative, you know, Victorian, you know, with the sculpted shrubbery and, and exotic thing. That's another kind of gardening.
0: That, yes, well, there are many different kinds of gardening. Um, but this book is devoted to um, to us, to all of us who want to know about gardening, want to know in detail about growing bulbs, about how to plant a tree, how to plant a berry bush how to plant um, tomato plants this book is devoted to those of us who want to grow like that also how to grow flowers and herbs Mm. so it's very broad in its spectrum of growing but it's also uh, unique in that it is about one person's garden and one person's personal approach to gardening, with wonderful pictures. There's 320 mm. pages and oh, more than 700 photographs of my own garden. So there, there's no other gardening book uh, written in America that's quite like this book. And I think that um, all of us who read this book will learn from it uh, and get ideas for our own backyard garden. Mm.
2: My only complaint, many of these photos are far too small. They should all be full page.
0: Well, that would be a 700 page book and couldn't carry it around. Think think of the
2: gift edition you could make.
0: Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) (laughs) Tell my publisher, please.
2: As we get closer to Christmas, we've, we've brought things in that we've dried things in the garden, things that smell pretty. What kinds of things are appropriate to put together that, that will around the house that, that will make it smell nice this time of year?
0: Well, it's time also to make your potpourri. Potpourri is an assortment of herbs, spices, and flowers, dried flowers, that you mix all together uh, and then uh, scent with scented oil. And I always want to encourage people to buy the real fragrant oils that are made as extracts from real things, not artificial oils. Just like some perfumes are artificial and some mm-hmm. are based on real things, I think you should look for the original oils, like uh, Lily of the Valley, Freesia, mm-hmm. Rose Oil. And then you mix that oil with a fixative, like a orris root that's ground-up powder. And you mix that with your dried Ingredients and um, I package it in cellophane bags, really pretty decorative cellophane bags, tie it with a pretty ribbon, and I give those as gifts. I've been doing that all fall, but it's very nice. And bowls of this potpourri around your house really give a sense of summer. Um, to the atmosphere around your house
2: uh, it's, you know it strikes me that you 've been mentioning throughout the, that, that that it's it 's a year round activity, but we we tend to uh, those of us who are part time gardeners we, we tend to think well we 'll plant in the spring, watch it grow in the summer we 'll harvest in the fall, then it 's done, and we don 't stop to think all the things that you can do with this stuff all year round
0: right and that 's what's that 's the beauty of gardening is that it never ends. Um, cleaning up your garden. You can still be cleaning your garden in December. You can be pruning your trees while they're dormant. Now is the time in December and January and February to shape your trees, to take out the dead wood, to take out the um, pieces of um, growth that really don't belong there. Um, It's also time to... um, walk around your property and plan what you can do as soon as the ground unfreezes so it's um it's a lot of fun i think it's a it's an opportunity for all of us to um get into tune with nature and to really uh get into tune with ourselves it's a very good meditative kind of occupation too on,
2: on the practical side of the prices of things that you'll need next spring better now than they will be next spring
0: I don't think prices fluctuate so much in gardening. Mm. Uh, the tools that I that I urge people to buy are the best quality tools. Those two can be purchased during the winter so that you know uh, that you have all the tools ready for springtime, for the for the intensive time of gardening. But, um, but I have not noticed a tremendous increase in prices in anything garden-related. Seeds may have um, gotten a little bit more expensive with the popularity of gardening, or I think it's more the demand. It's now more than 70 million households are involved in some form of gardening. Seventy million. And ten years ago, people were hesitant to mention the botanical name of something they were growing because they were to be considered snobs, or they, um, you know, they were satisfied with one shovel. Now you have to have five shovels, one for each kind of job. It's like it's like cooking was twenty years ago, and we all had to have our cuisine art. We had to have our kitchen aids. We had to have all the fancy whisks and copper bowls. That's what gardening is becoming now. It's becoming kind of an art form, and I'm very happy to see this because it is. A a a very nice way to bring the family together to involve everybody and to um to get that sense of satisfaction it it is an art you're creating something uh, with with god's help well of course (laughs) and sometimes with nature's revenge you know (laughs) hurricanes come and knock down everything you've tried but that's another thing that gardening teaches one is patience and humility it's kind of funny i didn't think about those things when i was uh you know beginning uh, beginning to start my garden i just i never thought oh gosh i'm going to have have to learn how to be patient because i'm a very impatient person i want things to happen right away but um but a lettuce seed is going to germinate in 21 days no matter if you put it in, in the greenhouse if you put it outside if you know no matter what you do it's going to take 21 days to germinate so you're going to have fun with gardening but you're also going to learn how to wait and how to experience um, a lot of different
1: martha stewart will be 80 this summer and she is chairwoman of Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia. And you can find easy Amazon links to Martha Stewart's books at our website, heardeverything.com. Did you know that you can find all of our past episodes at our website, heardeverything.com? We're into Season 3 now, and you can go back and listen to interviews from Season 1 and Season 2, as well as everything we've posted so far this year, at heardeverything.com. And of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, he bought an NFL franchise in 1966 with a whopping sum of $10 million, but when he sold it 18 years later, it was the happiest day of his life. My 1987 interview with former San Diego Chargers owner Gene Klein. I was running a major corporation, and I owned control of the San Diego Chargers, and I found out that I couldn't treat it as a hobby. So I was at the crossroads. Either I sold a team, or I sold National General and got out. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.